The pandemic lockdowns greatly affected schools and students, causing learning losses that may take years to overcome. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey talked to an expert. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Karen Lewis is the director of the Center for School and Student Progress at NWEA, a nonprofit research firm that creates academic assessments for students pre-K through 12. Karen, can you give us a broad explanation of how serious the learning declines in the aftermath of the COVID school closings have been in particular areas, for example, reading and math? Yeah, our research has focused solely on reading and math outcomes. That's what our assessment measures, and we have the largest sample across the nation to look for evidence of the impact of the pandemic. And we've studied the trends in elementary and middle school. What we found consistently is that math achievement has been harder hit than reading achievement. We also see younger students have been harder hit than older students. And the declines we see in test scores are larger than what we saw after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans and how that impacted students then. Some states have seemed to identify that small group tutoring is the answer. What are your thoughts on that? We've been working with a large consortium of partners who are using various strategies to help kids catch up, and they all revolve around helping recoup some of that instruction time that was lost during the pandemic. And high dosage tutoring is one of those types of interventions. We've got good evidence from prior to the pandemic that tutoring helps get kids caught back up, especially because it really helps them focus in on their challenge areas. I think it's important to keep in mind we've never had to implement tutoring at the scale that we're facing now in terms of the impacts of COVID. So we do have some kind of human resource problems in terms of just getting enough tutors to help reach the kids that could use support in this time. So even though the evidence suggests this is a helpful strategy, it's yet to be determined if it's actually going to be what can help get us out of this COVID period. And I think we need to prepare ourselves that there is no silver bullet. There's not going to be a single strategy and it's going to have to be a layered approach. Is there a grade level where this is the most serious? For example, do these losses have greater consequences for a second grader than an 11th grader? That's an interesting question because we have consistently seen that younger students have been harder hit than older students. And I think a lot of people kind of foreshadowed that this might be the case, knowing that it was harder for little kids to transition to online learning, given it's just a harder kind of learning environment to navigate without an adult to help. But when we look at the end of the most recent school year, we actually see that younger students are showing more evidence of improvements than older students. So even though they were harder hit to begin with, we're seeing more hopeful signs for that age group that some rebounding is happening. Whereas in older students, we're seeing what I describe as stagnation, that the levels of unfinished learning really aren't seeming to improve yet. And that gives us a lot of concern because we know older students, and I'm specifically referring to middle schoolers here, there's less time for them to be in the school environment to get caught up. And so when we make some estimates about the timeline to recovery, based on the improvements we saw in 2021-22, for elementary school students, we're looking at roughly a minimum of three years to get those kids caught back up. But for middle schoolers, it's more like five plus years. And so that's longer than the time those kids will be in the classroom environment, and also concerning because it extends past the timeline that schools have access to those federal recovery dollars to help support recovery. Are there any other steps that you would like to see taken that would make a difference? I think the biggest one is making sure that we're connecting kids to the supports they need in proportion to their needs. We've seen that this crisis has not been even in its impacts, and students in high-poverty schools and marginalized identities, specifically Black, Hispanic, and Indigenous students, have been harder hit. So when we go about trying to get those kids connected to resources, I want to be sure that we're being aware in this moment that it's not the right time to apply a kind of one-size-fits-all band-aid approach. We need to be really attuned to the individual needs of kids and make sure we're getting them the supports required to help them get caught back up. 
So the bottom line, do you truly believe that students can catch up? I think that's the million dollar question. And I would say none of us have lived through a pandemic before. And we know kids are resilient, but we have not yet had to test that level of resiliency. So it's certainly not the case that I think we should consider this a lost generation and give up our hope that we'll see these kids recover completely. But the onus is on us as adults in the school system and in the policymaking sphere to make sure that teachers and schools are getting the supports they need to be able to in turn support kids. What advice can you offer to parents who are concerned about their child's learning? My biggest piece of advice to parents is to really tune in on what's happening for your kid and make sure that they are paying attention to opportunities schools are offering to help get kids caught back up. We've seen this real hesitance on the part of parents who, like all of us, are really hungering for a return to normal. And so don't necessarily want to enroll their kids like extra opportunities of summer school and Saturday school because they have other priorities at home. And that's understandable. But I think we need to make sure parents understand the scope and scale of the problem and are taking advantage of opportunities to help get their kids caught back up. Karen Lewis, the director of the Center for School and Student Progress at NWEA. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. And that wraps up this week's show. InfoTrack's executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitty. We hope you'll be here next week for another edition of InfoTrack.